Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Stockton. They got a new handle with locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode just last week. Ryan and I came on and talked about the Kings and particularly the recent luck that they had in the draft of lottery, which is going to make for an exciting offseason. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, looks good. What is going on? It's been a while since we recorded, dude. Life life has been hectic the last few weeks. We're busy. Um, but it's kind of a, you know, you, you kind of need these breaks every once in a while, right? Like, dude, NBA finals are on. Uh, we got game four tomorrow. Um, so it's good to step away from the Kings. I actually, you know, um, I actually logged off of Kingsland for a while uh, about two weeks ago. Just logged back in today, but it's good, man. You need those breaks, dude. You need, you know, there's some crazy takes out there, man. I start getting crazy and, and, and arguing with people and defending takes and you got to step back and get some mental clarity today. Uh, I am drinking a Corona. So we're, 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 we're drinking the beers tonight. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. Let, let's, let's do this. It, it seems like it's been forever. Yeah, you say that every episode. Last time we did have a break, but it, it really has only been a week. We did it since we did it about. So um, I was I was actually really looking forward to coming in to this episode because I have some stuff on my mind. But before we get going, Ryan, you know we got to start off the episode with the uh, bet online um, ad, which I, I like to read this one because you know if you, if you know Ryan and I, um, we're betting guys, and so um, you know be, uh, believe podcast network partners with Bet Online to continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, um, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Um, Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into action. Bet online where the game starts. Get me in that betting mood, Ryan. Um, Have you put any bets on the NBA Finals? What's up? Yeah, so I, I don't know if I've said this on here. I put a $25 bet before the season started, a futures bet on Golden State to win the Finals. No way. What was the odds yeah, on so, it? You know, uh, I need to go look at the. T- All right. <sighs> Shoot, I forget now. I need to go get the ticket. So the ticket's in storage right now in in my safe that is in storage. Um, so next podcast, I should have that for you. But I, honestly, man, you know, I was pumped. I don't think they're going to get it done. I threw three games, dude. Boston looks bigger, faster, stronger, and healthier. Honestly. Boston, you know, Robert Williams, um, Grant Williams' ability to, you know, shoot the three at a, at a very high effective rate and rebound is really hurting them. Al Horford has been extremely effective. And then, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Outside of Steph Curry, the, those are the next two best players in, on both teams. So 
Um, I don't think that bet's going to end up paying out, but I, I thought it was a good bet. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it was like, I think it's going to be in like 500 bucks or something. It's not nothing crazy, dude. Like their odds weren't crazy coming in. So, um, other than that, I, I finally broke my streak of, of winning. I was on uh, nine straight weeks of coming out on top. Uh, last week, I was down 140 for the first time in nine weeks. So, um, and then, you know, I'm down shit. I think I'm down 80 or 90 bucks already this week. So, uh, the train has officially stopped, but it was fun while it lasted. I'll, I'll edit that part out. So your wife doesn't hear it. <laughs> nah, enough. I, 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 she has reaped the benefits of the winning. So, um, I, I, I could really care less. Yeah. It's like tips out there for the boys. Only let them know of the wins. No need, <laughs> no need to let them know about the L's. If you took an L, say you took a week off, you know, you showed some uh, restraint, maybe bet a future. If you need to get the itch, get on, get on bet online, bet a future. You know, you got a little something in your pocket, but uh, you know, you have to keep digging the hole. All right, Ryan, I got you. You're on a massive streak. I want to say it's like five weeks in a row of the random NBA player uh, game that we've been playing. So I'm going to keep it coming at you to start off the episode. Okay. So um, if you haven't tuned in a minute, so what we've been doing is I've been throwing a random NBA player at Ryan, just giving a little, little background without the name and Ryan kind of comes up with the name and he is about five weeks straight last week's episode. Ryan, do you remember who it was every time I come on here? I forget who I ask you. Oh, Antonio McDice. Was that last week? I don't know if that was last week. It could have very well been, but so I want to say, let's go. I don't remember, man. It might've been Antonio McDice. I, I don't think it was though. I feel like there was somebody I'm not thinking of. Well, if you want to know what we did, I guess go check out last week's episode. Okay, this <laughs> week's episode, Ryan. All right, this guy, uh, let's see what they list him as. Yeah, we you knew him as a small forward. Um, he's actually 49 years old right now, so he's a he's an older player. Um, he played from 1993 to 2005. Um, he was drafted by the Mavericks, played for the Heat, played for the Charlotte Hornets, played for the New Orleans Hornets. He went to Kentucky in 1990 to 1993. He was the fourth pick in the draft. One-time All-Star in 03. Do you know who it is? Jamal Mashburn. That's a good get, dude. I'm actually, you know, I like that. I'm, I'm going to give you kudos, man, because that was tough. That was a tough one. I was thinking hey, like, hey, I swear to God, dude, you had me. You had yeah, I thought me. I was going to get you that dude, one. You, you had me. And you correct, I, I seriously, you said it and I'm like, oh shit, I don't, I don't know. Originally I was thinking like Michael Finley, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Michael Finley was like 95 or something. But when you said, you said Charlotte Hornets and you said, oh, excuse me, New Orleans. Well, on his Wikipedia page, it says both. Yeah. So. I was like, well, I, my mind was thinking the, the heat threw me off too. him playing for the heat. I kind of forgot because I, I want to say that was late, late. But uh, when when you said New Orleans, it, it got me, and then Kentucky too. But yeah, that was that was a good one, man. I remembered halfway halfway through um, you giving the details on that one. Uh, it was Antoine Jameson was the last one. Okay, that was Antoine Jameson. Yeah, yeah. Ha- halfway halfway through your your clues right there, I was like, oh shit, Antoine Jameson was last week. So there's something I think we 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 brought this into the podcast because Ryan and I when we were growing up. You know, I guess it's just we didn't have the internet or anything, so it wasn't like we just sit there and we would just sit there and quiz each other on shit like this. So we'd go, uh, where where we get this stuff, Ryan? NBA Live and stuff. Basically. NBA Live, yeah, yeah, probably. I tell a lot of people, um, all my friends and shit. They, I get calls. Seriously, I, I have this one friend who calls me once a week, and he argues sports with 
sports trivia with guys at work. And he calls me like once a week, bro, for like advice and like, Hey, what do you think on this? You know, but, and he, he always asked me, he's like, dude, how do you know this? And I, I seriously tell him like, dude, the, you know, I tell him like, dude, we grew up broke. Like the only things like we were hella poor in our kids. The only things that we had was literally, we had a PS2 that literally would break all the time and Eric would have to fix. Um, and we had NBA live every year in Madden. So we would save up our money all year and we would buy NBA live in Madden. And that was it. Uh, and just playing franchise mode, trading players. You just learn what colleges they went to. You, I don't know. Just, it just, it just happened. I don't, you know, I think it was happened by accident, but I just kind of always remembered what colleges guys went to, what draft classes they were in, where they were drafted. So I'm pretty confident. Um, that was a, that was a, that was a harder one, right? It said, you know, he was drafted in 93. I was born in 93, you know? So it's like, I'm, but I'm pretty confident that anybody who was drafted while I was alive, that I'm pretty confident that I can, I can get it. So, but that's, that's, that's a, how it happened. And that's, that's the game. Yeah. We always play that name, this college name this player, name all their teams. And cause probably we were just bored, but um, yeah, that one was tough. And I, and, and I was thinking, so people probably think like, oh, they, they talk, it's all set up. It's not a fucking setup. I'm trying to get him one. I really am trying to get him. <laughs> he, I mean, he really it, is. He really it, is. It, 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 so, so for like context, like Ryan is my little brother. So it's like, I, I at some point I want to just be like, yeah, I fucking got you, dude. But I, I have not gotten you and I'm giving you the credit. So what I was thinking, uh, you know, earlier in the day, actually, I was thinking about, before, oh, we're going to do the episodes tonight. I, I was thinking, oh, I need to find somebody. But then I was like, you know what? I've given you a lot of 2000 NBA players recently. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't, I always think of someone going to call me out or something. They're like, oh, you know, not that they would, but I'm like, okay, I need to go 90s players. I need to make it a little more difficult on this one. And so, um, but, you know, some of them w- within reason, but Jamal Mashburn, fourth pick in the draft. I mean, if you kind of grew up in the 90s, he was one of those guys that was a, um, as a young player, you know, drafted so high, big school and stuff. Throughout the 90s, he was still early in his career. He was pretty hype, you know. He's pretty hype. And I, I, he only won all-star. He didn't become a superstar, but, you know, there was that time. But it's a very, very, very good NBA player, Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. That's what, and I, what's all I like about the segment too, because it seems like we kind of are able to have conversations based on old players and talk about that a little bit. But um, I do want to talk about uh, you. I want to go into the. Uh, I actually do want to go in some Kings talk right away, Ryan, because like you said, I I I feel you. I've actually logged out of Kingsland, still support Kingsland, obviously a part of it, and I kind of has stayed off Kings Twitter, and a lot of it is just. I think in the, you tell me what you think about this, dude. Like. We've been doing the podcast, I think, for, I don't know, I think three years this year now. And um, I think just being so immersed in King's Twitter, Kingsland, everything that you fight that you get that urge to just like want to argue and do that all the time. And I, I've had to practice just kind of logging off and not engaging because it is it is too much like the Kings c- can be really consuming during the season. And right now with nothing going on, I try not to get all in it because it's so it's like the most I, I we always say like it's our we really like this time of the year, but it's like extremely um, speculative. It's a lot of people, oh, you, you know, saying stuff. So like the, the other day, for example, Ryan, someone posted they were like, there's a thing circulating about the Kings trading up to number two. And I'm like, but it's like some random fucking dude on Twitter. Like, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Who, you know, who the fuck is that guy? Who and, the and, fuck? 
and I said, uh, I tagged someone. I said, you know, when when I see Jason Anderson put in per sources, you know, I'll, I'll take it kind of seriously. And some people are like, oh, it's been reported. So my point is, it's just a lot of fucking bullshit that's going on. And so it's really hard to make sense of it. Uh, do you feel the same way? So I'm taking a step back. Yeah, 100 percent, dude. And let's be real. There's been, you know, plenty of reports that have come out that teams purposely leak information to throw other teams off on their draft strategies or their plans. So um, it's purely speculative. And and you, you, you're right, dude. If it's not Jason Anderson, if it's not fucking Woj, who else? Sam Amick, who else covers the Kings? Who's extremely credible. That That's about it. That's about it. You know, that's about it. So like if one of those like three aren't saying anything or like somebody credible from another or sorry, Shams. Um, but if somebody credible from like another team's not saying it, then I'm, dude, it's all bullshit. It's all fluff, dude. Teams leak information all the time. Um, you know, it's 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 like playing poker, man. You got to bluff every once in a while if you want to uh, if you want to win that pot. So the the good thing about it though is that it kind of gives us an opportunity to just kind of think and go crazy. And it, it's it's what uh, what's that say? Like no wrong answers, right? There's, there's no wrong yeah. answers right now. You can no just throw stupid shit. answers. Yeah, you can just throw shit out there. You can just kind of say shit, and it's like chances of it coming to fruition, probably low, but it's fun. It's like fun to talk about and fun to think about. And then when you when people do make those takes, right, you, you notice that uh, all of a sudden there's a divide one way or the other. And even, even if like the take itself is like, that's not ever going to happen, it still kind of shows people uh, where their heads are at when it comes to the Kings. You know, so when there's a rumor out there about Zach Levine, oh, Kings want to get Zach Levine a shooting guard, then then people start saying, you know, do we need a shooting guard or do we need to get like the big article this week? I think I'll give credit to Cap City. I think they said something. Is it a shooting guard or is it a wing player? You know, so I guess these like little things start to start start to branch out from there, which are kind of like real debates about what the, where the Kings should go. So that's kind of where my head goes. It's that it's that kind of like fantasy land shit. Um, I brought the Zach Levine one because you asked me about that today and we didn't even get to have the conversation. But what was what was did you want to talk about that? What, what was that you saw? Uh, yeah, so I think it was Matt George. Um, he had posed a question. Would you trade the number four pick for Zach Levine? Obviously, Zach Levine is going to be a free agent, so it would be some type of sign and trade deal. Um, yeah, you're fucking right. I would. If you wouldn't trade for Zach Levine, you're crazy. <laughs> like, uh, so I called Eric today and I, I just asked him, you know, without any context, hey man, number four pick for Zach Levine, you in? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, so, um, but I saw a lot of people were against it. And and to me, it's, man, it's, it's always that, you know, the lotteries, the lottery makes people weird, right? The lottery makes people think that everybody's a superstar, right? When every year the draft rolls around, and, you know, these mock drafts come out and people start doing, um, you know, comps, right? Oh, this player, you know, like Andrew Wiggins, right? And for, good NBA player, right? Good NBA player. He's in the NBA finals. He was a one-time all-star, probably only going to be a one-time all-star in his career. Uh, very good, you know, very good player. Number one overall pick. People were talking Andrew Wiggins as the next LeBron James, okay? People were saying, oh, he's the best prospect. So, you know, the draft always brings a lot of promise. It always brings that potential, right? The potential. But in reality, 
guys are, you know, there's a lot of bust, dude. Guys end up just being guys. You know, superstars come later in the draft. They come in the middle of the draft. Yeah, they come in the beginning of the draft. But, you know, I, I, I would say that a majority of players in the lottery just end up, you know, being yeah. good players. So anytime that you have a chance to go get uh, a, a talent like Zach Levine, who I want to say, shit, dude, he's maybe 27, maybe 25. He's young, dude. You know, and anytime that you have a chance to get a guy like that, who's proven, uh, who fills a position of need, you fucking do it, dude. You don't hesitate. Uh, you know, and, and for, yeah, he's oh, 20, he's 27. 27. Yeah, you're right. 27. Yeah. See, um, you know, so anytime that you have a chance to go get a guy who's just entering his prime, right. We always say on here, the prime for the NBA it's changing now. It's getting longer, but it's really 27 to 32, 33. I've always said that. Uh, that's how it's been historically, obviously with modern medicine and all that stuff. Now it's getting, you know, like a Tom Brady, right? Like a LeBron James, these guys are playing forever and they're still the best, the best at what they do. So, um, but anytime, again, anytime you get a, you have a chance to get a guy like Zach Levine, you fucking do it, dude. The number four pick really, I just saw something right now. The last number four pick that the Kings had was Tyreek Evans. You know, that was your last number four pick, you know, the last number two pick you had Marvin Bagley. He's not even with the team. You know, before that, number five, Thomas Robinson, I think. No, nah, Thomas Robinson might have been, was he number five or six? I forget. But Boogie was number five, right? Look at these guys. I'd take Zach Levine's career over any of these guys. Yeah, Boogie would be close. But you know what I'm trying to say. It's, you know, anytime you have the for sure thing on a team that desperately needs that position, you fucking do it, dude. It's true. And it's, that's, if anything, this offseason and kind of even, not even just this offseason, I say the last couple of years really is that the, the the value that went into the draft pick and how, like you said, people, it's every pick is going to be a star in real reality. Then I like that point. It's a good, it's a good take. Um, and I think that that's been the big opinion out there in Kingsland is like, this is where I come from with the Kings. If you, if you're able to trade right now for, a fourth pick and and Kings have some players that are movable that could be attractive that really could attract what I would consider a high end player, right? Harrison Barnes, Holmes, the pick, like it's a combination of other things, right? That, that even even Davion Mitchell, if it really was if it really was a juicy uh, return, so like the potential is there, right? And so people would say, well, you're gonna trade all that and the potential of the fourth pick um, for a player who's already whatever, whatever, right? And it's like, if I could tell you that you would make that move and it would guarantee the Kings to be that, like, to even make the playoffs, I, even like we talked about this before, like even make the eighth seed. And you know that that player is solid and they, and they're going to be solid for the next, like a Zach Levine is going to be solid. You know, he's going to, he's going to be there in the next couple years. This is going to just fucking flop, right? That's not happening. You, you wouldn't take that and, and give it. Okay. Yeah. What if the guy, okay. You, the guy ended up being a superstar, but you know what? Let's, let's just kind of take a hard look around Kingsland right now about where the Kings are at and where it's fans we've been watching and just be honest about how shitty it's been. And uh, let's try to get out of that. Like that. And that's what, that's what our point is more value. It's been more valuable. That's more valuable to me. Right. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. I, I, I brought this up right now. Cause I want to, I want to talk about this. You know, people talk about the potential and everything. So the 2014 draft. Okay. This was people were talking about this draft being like the 2003 draft with LeBron and Melo and D Wade and 
the infamous Darko Milicic, right? Listen to listen to this. Seriously. It's hella good, but later. All right. So number one, Andrew Riggins, Jabari Parker. I don't even know if he's in the NBA. Then Joel Embiid. Aaron Gordon, number four. Dante Exum, not in the NBA. Marcus Smart. All right. Good player. Julius Randle, good player. Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, Dario Saric, Zach Levine at 13, right? And, and my point on this is the, the draft's a crapshoot, dude. It's an absolute crapshoot, dude. You have no idea what the hell's going on. It's hard to evaluate prospects in college because they're playing against lesser talent. You know, it's an absolute crapshoot. So, yes, anytime that you can get a, a, a player like Zach Levine, who who has shown that he's a legitimate all-star in the NBA, you, you fucking do it. So uh, me and you are always TTP though, dude, we, you know, unless you have the number one pick and it's a surefire, like for sure, this dude's going to be that guy like LeBron James was, then, then you do it better than that, man. I'm TTP all day. I'm TCP, man, but I've been thinking about this a lot because I, I, I try to keep it real with myself and you and take our takes first and foremost, but obviously with the listeners, um, I try to keep it real. And, and, and lately as I've been kind of sorting through this whole like situation, uh, which is the off season, like the whole trade to pick thing, I'm a little bit more, uh, as I say, like I'm putting a lot of value on it this year. And I definitely think that I'm not for just, and I think you are too. So it's not like, I don't think this is like really trivial, right? But like, because you said it, I'm not. I'm not trying to just get random players, like short term stuff. Like, it, 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 I really think if I think it's a, a swing for the fences type of thing, and if it really isn't a swing for the fences type of thing, I, I really do think that there's enough good players at at the top of the draft here to just go with it. There, you know, one thing we don't talk about, we haven't really talked about, is is the other side of this, like not trading the pick and like what and. We did break down like the potential for the draft picks, right? But some of these teams that, and this, I, this is, I guess, maybe where people are coming from. They just really value this as if it's more of a sure thing. It's like, we're going to, we're going to make a pick. Cause if you hit on a pick like that, really, if you do, then you're, you're not paying a shit for, for a while in comparison. And if you do look around to a lot of the good teams in the NBA, I mean, that's kind of what happened. They just, that's what's so shitty about the Kings drafting so terrible the last decade. And you can really attribute to that to being like the number one reason that they're in the position that they're in. As long as you just hit on a couple draft picks, doesn't hit doesn't mean like star hit means can you play, right? You hit on a ten, couple of draft- 10 year NBA bet. That's, yeah, that's like all I, we're asking. 10 year NBA bet. I mean, if you look around, all the guys the Kings drafted literally aren't even the fucking NBA. They can't even play in the NBA. I mean, that's bad. That is bad, bad. So that's why our faith in the draft is lacking. But, you know, there is there is that other side, though. Like, there are teams out there, if you look around, that that hit on a young player and they become a solid role player for them and they don't pay them much. And there is that potential. You know what I mean? So for me, like, there is that. And, and that's why some of the guys out there are intriguing. But... Uh, I was listening today, you know, with the NBA finals and stuff going on, there's a lot of analyzing the Celtics and Warriors roster. And one of the takes I wanted to bring up to you is that people, did you see that graphic that went around and it was all their players like great to see. It was great to see two teams homegrown. I'm like, you know what? That's kind of bullshit. 
it's kind of a bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. Okay. And here's why I'll, I'll break down the Warriors on why it's kind of bullshit first. Yeah. They drafted Stephen Clay. So you, you know, my take right up that I've said a bunch of times about like the only times it's really ever worked is when it involves like one of the greatest players at the positions of all time. And we gave those examples. Right. Um, but if you're like, okay, they, yeah, they drafted those guys. Okay. They're like kind of the exception. Right. But like, even like a lot of their team now, it was, it was a bunch of trades off of Kevin Durant. Like they traded Kevin Durant. They got D'Angelo Russell then they got Wiggins and picks and, and you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it's there, but like they did that. And the Celtics is the same thing. Celtics fucking pulled the biggest fleece ever back in the day and traded uh, their stars to get the, to get uh, those picks that ended up being Brown and Tatum. And at the same time, like they did a lot of shit too with Kyrie Ir- Irving and assets. Like it's not entirely like that they were just, and, and they were always good along the way. Right. So that's the problem is like using that and comparing it to the Kings is kind of off. Like they didn't start from this bottom barrel shit place for like a decade or half a decade and then just drafted it and homegrown it. That's, that's, do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, let's be honest. They did draft all those guys. Right. So like, at some point, they did draft all them, but what Eric's trying to explain is they made other moves to get those guys that resulted in that, right? They didn't just stay put every year and, you know, they didn't just stay put and suck and draft Tatum three. No, they traded and had the pick, right? Whatever he was. I don't know if nah, he might have been later, but anyways, Jalen Brown, all that stuff. They didn't just draft these guys, you know, for because it was they, they were picks that they traded for, dude. They weren't, you know, Boston didn't win 15 games and draft these guys. That's not what happened. They signed Al Horford. You know, Robert Williams was a later. I don't think Robert Williams. Yeah, he was like he he wasn't a, a top 10 pick. Grant Williams, no. Um, you know, so I understand what you're saying, and I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, I think it does take a front office. Uh, to know like hey i'm gonna draft this guy right like you know gold golden state took golden state did draft steph curry you know there was a lot of you know if you remember back in the day there was a lot of questions about him they did draft him you know golden state did draft clay i want to say like number 11 you know they did draft draymond in the second round um they did hit you know obviously i i say this now but you know Kaminga didn't play much this year, but they did draft Kaminga, who I think is going to be a guy and it's going to propel them in the future. So, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but they did at the end of the day, they are homegrown guys. They are. And they're, and, and yeah, they're homegrown. And that's, yeah, to the point again, though, they're homegrown. But the point is more that they weren't shitty forever and then just like were patient, made the picks and did it. And that's really the thing about it. it, it I guess it's like, in sports in basketball in particular a lot of the teams are at the top they're at the top because they were at the top and then they had assets and they were able, you're, it's able to stay afloat and and parlay things when you're up there that it is to get to the top like that's harder it's easier to stay up there make a move make a move make a move when you have a staple or two in your lineup that keeps you at a certain level you know that's much easier than going to the bottom 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 and that's why when i saw that graphic i'm like yeah i get what they're saying and it's not entirely false but it's not entirely true and it really should not be the example or the standard for teams to um like particularly in like the king's position because it's basically showing that you know you in order to do that you need to hit 
you know, one of the greatest players of all time, basically, is, is my point. But I, th- I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I, I wanted to get a take in, Ryan, before the before we kind of go in different directions about Darren Fox. And I wanted you to hear about it because, you know, you can say that maybe I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you, but maybe I've been a Darren Fox apologist. You've kind of gone in on him a couple of times, but I, I've always kind of just particularly this year, I didn't really give Darren Fox much shit because I felt like he got enough shit from the Kings and what they did to him this year. And that's why he was in the situation he is. I was very, I think what happened at the end of the season was more of a representation of him. So I didn't really give him a lot of shit this year. So one of the things though, as the King, as we're talking about a lot of the Kings, like what they're, who they're going to get. Okay. And how they're going to build a team. And I want to talk about like building a team around De'Aaron Fox, because there's been a couple of times where names have come up and whether it's potential draft draft picks or rumored, you know, fantasy players out there. And a lot of it is like, well, can he fit with De'Aaron Fox? And he can, can he fit with this? And one of the things that I'm not, I'm not concerned at all, but I want to, I just wanted to bring up was like that. That is something that De'Aaron Fox at some point, and I think you've said it, he does need to kind of like, if if this offseason the Kings are really going to cater around him and and get players who fit him and not get players because they don't fit him, um, he's got to he's got to make it work this year. You know what I mean? And I thought about that when it came to the draft, particularly, and people are talking about these draft picks to play next to him. Um, you know, there's Jaden Ivey, Sharp, all these guys. And it's like, if the, if the Kings, they already, they already sacrificed early in his career, not getting Luca because of it. You know what I mean? They got to get these, he, if they're going to build a team around him, he's got to kind of come through. Yes, but it's unfair to De'Aaron Fox, who's 25 now, right? Who's been in the league five years, right? It's unfair on to him for them to draft a guy like, you know, Ivy or Sharp and expect De'Aaron Fox to take the same roster he had last year with a 19-year-old this year and propel them to playoffs, right? Like that, that, that's you can't ask that of him, right? Like I, I don't think that's fair. I, I don't think not improving the roster and asking him to take you to the playoffs next year just because he's a year older is is really a thing. Like that to me, that's like kind of like, all right, that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, now if they go make a move, okay, and go get a Zach Levine or or a legitimate starter and Sacramento fails, then yes, I, I, I can hold you accountable. But if you're going to go out there and you're going to run it back next year with Terrence Davis as your starting two guard, with Harrison Barnes at the three, um, with Met two or whoever playing the four and uh, Sabonis playing the five, then it's like, bro, what are you expecting? You know, like he averaged 27 points per game last year after the all-star break with that roster and they still didn't win. He, you know, you're asking too much at some point, right? At some point you have to, you know, surround him with veteran uh, NBA all-star caliber caliber players. Like you, you have to. So I, I'm with you, but I'm not with you. If you go draft a rookie and you don't, improve the roster at all. I'm not going to hold Darren Fox accountable. If he comes out and averages 26 points per game, I'm not. Well, I guess with the take it, the, I, I guess I'm kind of, I don't know why. I, I guess I don't know why I'm giving the Kings the benefit of the doubt, but I guess with this take, I'm kind of saying, I'm kind of giving the Kings the benefit of the doubt because I, maybe I have this optimism or belief that they're going to go in the direction that they appear to be going. And, and they are going to be aggressive and trying to fill the roster out with better players. I guess, I guess I don't know why I went there assuming that's going to happen because we've been burned a couple times, but okay. Assuming hypothetically that happens and they get players and they build a team around him. Like, yes. 
Yeah, you have to. You have to. But that's but that's obvious. You have to do that. That's 100% as the best player on the roster. You got it. And that's where there's a, this. I, I bring it up because that's where there's this take out there in Kingsland. Is like, at what time can uh, there be expectations for him? I, I think about it. And that's why I wanted to bring it up to you. I, I actually kind of wanted your feedback on it. It was like, I, I bring it up because at some point, like the guy is, if I, if he's as good as I have hyped him up and came on here and said he is, and I truly believe he is and where other people haven't, especially like this year when it came to, to Halliburton, like at what point though, does the guy have to elevate uh, the team to the next level? And I guess that's what you're saying. It's when he gets actual players. And that's true. When you go out there with fucking the Met twos and, and the, the dorks, I like Matthew. I, not that he's a door. I think he's kind of he, he's kind of interesting for what he is, yeah, right? Yeah, whatever. Whatever, whatever. But I'm so. But the point is, like, you run out a bunch of dorks. Like, yeah, I, I get that. But I'm assuming they're not going to do that this year, right? So that's my point, I guess. Expectations if they do do that. I don't give I don't give Sacramento the benefit of the doubt ever. I've said that, you know, I've been saying that for for years now. Um, it, it's kind of the Demarcus Cousins thing, right? Like. Nobody blames DeMarcus Cousins for not winning in Sacramento. I think a lot of people do blame DeMarcus well, Cousins, pe- though. Well, uh, I think people are people are fucking they're fucking dumb then because all DeMarcus Cousins did was put up ridiculous numbers for a shit franchise that the the best player they ever put by him was Rudy Gay. You know what I mean? Like that the the best thing they ever did was get Rudy Gay. That is all. That's it. Someone said, oh, they got Rajon Rondo. I'm like, for one year. And for then they, one year. You know, older. Year, yeah, for one year, he leads the NBA in assists that year, and they don't resign him. You know, so the best thing you ever did, and, and let's be honest, the only reason he led the league in assists was because he dumped it into Boogie Cousins, who averaged 27 and like 13 that year. Okay. So it's like, was that Rajon Rondo or was that DeMarcus Cousins? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but. Um, it's kind of that, you know, I, I don't blame DeMarcus Cousins for not winning here. The franchise was shit and they didn't put talent around him. You can only do so much. Look at LeBron James this year. Okay. Averaged 30 points per game. Okay. He had like his best scoring year, best statistical year in like 10 years. Okay. They won 33 fucking games. Okay. I would honestly say healthy. The Lakers have a better roster than the Sacramento Kings. And if LeBron James isn't making the fucking playoffs, I'm not going to hold Deer and Fox accountable for not making the playoffs. Okay, let's put things into perspective. Seriously, well, I would I would say this back to the Kings roster. Um, and, uh, the contrarian to you would say that uh, the Kings roster currently, and with the potential fourth pick asset, whether it becomes a player or a pick, um, would say that's probably better than anything Demarcus Cousins ever got. And I would probably agree with him with that and that's where i think there's i'm not saying like, i'm not saying i'm totally sold on take because like i said i started off my take by saying i might be i might be a deer and fox apologist um just for the, all the reasons you listed i'm more I, I am with you so i'm not trying to like flip-flop here i'm just kind of addressing because people have called out the other side and they they kind of do think like hey they got an all-star they hey they got all this shit here they've drafted well they have their draft pick this year like now's the time to start going after that guy we every year before we go into the season in our season preview Ryan we do our kind of like most likely to bullshit that we do and it was like the most most likely to be like most what is it the player that that Kings cast is most likely going to have to defend this year and I think the the last two years he was my guy because once he got paid all I for people it was once he got paid then all of a sudden we're going to go after him for me and you, I think more context to it 
it was not the paid, it was the roster, which I tend to agree. But I guess I just believe that this year they're going to do it. And I think the the take in there a little bit too is like they the Kings have and they are appearing to invest in him. And so they're going to be adverse to some players who don't fit him, even though they may be good. And if they're going to do that, I just want to see the guy come through. That's really my only point there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Put some talent around the guy and we'll fucking judge him then. Yeah, we talked about the last couple episodes. Have you been watching any just kind of like draft clips and stuff? Because I've been I've been diving in. The highlights, you know, I don't like to scout on highlights, but they they are fun. I mean, yeah, you know, Chet Holmgren looks really good in his highlights. You know, they, they only show him blocking shots and shooting threes. Jabari Smith looks really good in his highlights playing against, uh, you know, some bottom of the barrel SEC teams. I got one though. So <laughs> bottom barrel SEC teams, like yeah, SEC basketball, man. Uh, so I was, uh, I get, so initially I didn't really get the whole, why people are so hyped on Jaden Ivey. I, I'm not saying I agree with him, but I get why people are so hyped though. The highlight video is nice. The highlight video is nice. He's even got the hair. He's got the he's got the little just you know that little zero lineup fade up there with the dreads like John Morant, you know. And then and people are like oh he's he's a what's the term right like oh he's a mini John Morant. He's the he's a John Morant type, you know. And I get it from the highlights, but as I said, I don't like to scout from the highlights. But I just wanted to bring it up because my I, I do get the I do get you know why people like the hype it looks nice right yeah you, yeah, you youtube Jaden ivy and he's making plays but you know i've always said this okay i have always always said this and it goes back to when i talked about cole anthony and stuff i go off of okay i i go off of what is the guy what has the guy been in the past right just because the guy comes in on the second year plays for a good program you know, bumps his numbers up from 11 points to game to like 18 points per game and gets in the tournament. Doesn't mean, you know, a lot of guys have done that. I, I go off of, what was the guy ranked in high school when he came out? What has the guy done at every single level? Now I know Shaden, I know Shaden Sharp didn't play in college. Okay. But the guy was the number one player in the nation for a reason. That's all I'm saying. Number one player in the nation for a reason. There's a reason why Jaden Ivey wasn't the number one player in the nation. There is. Okay. There's a reason. Why Chet, why Chet Holmgren was the number one player in his at his position. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? And that's that's the stuff that I rely on. Okay. That's the stuff that I really take into account. It's like, okay, why was this guy this? Why was he the number one player? Jaden Ivey wasn't that. He wasn't. He played for a he played for a good Purdue team who's consistently in the in the tournament, who's consistently a six seed or higher, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm, I'm he's going to be a good player, I think. But man, if you're talking about home run or bust, you know, you got to take Shaden Sharp, dude. I've been saying that. Well, I said I, I get why people like the hype, but scouting on highlights is something that's like the that's like the NBA. I figured that out. Maybe I'm late to the game, but that, I I realized that the last year or two with Tyrese Halberton, um, it's a, it's the it's the YouTube scouting. And that's what people do. And that's what like, look at motherfuckers on Twitter. You ain't watching. You ain't in the grid of it. Watching, like you said, SEC games on Tuesday nights in the winter. You just, you just look at the box score of Auburn playing freaking. I don't know. It's a shit Auburn playing Vanderbilt or I don't know what's a bus. 
whatever a shit bottom of the barrel SEC team is, you know, you're, you're seeing Auburn and Jabari Smith put up that 20 and 10 on a Tuesday night against some fucking 18 year old white kid from fucking God knows where that's the shit I'm talking about right there. You know what I mean? Like actually watch these guys. Where were these guys ranked coming out of high school? Why were they ranked that? Are they at North Carolina? Are they at Duke? Are they at Gonzaga? Are they at, you know, Michigan state, these top tier programs or, you know, why did Javid, why are you at Purdue, Jaden Ivey? You know, why, why, why are you at Purdue? Well, the, the, the YouTube highlight scouting too on more of is because people aren't watching those, those games. You don't really have the time. Like in the NBA, you don't have the time. It's a two fucking games. You ain't watching every team's game every night, every fucking day. Like you might, but you're probably ain't busting nuts. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, <laughs> The thing is, is what people do is they watch condensed versions of things and then they watch the highlight clips that, you know, they they go through. They watch the game in about seven to eight minutes or whatever it is, and they see all the makes and then they see the efficiency stats. And so and then they, they formulate an opinion about a player. So that's the thing is Jaden Ivey looks like a very nice uh, highlight player. I don't really know. I mean, you know, like I said, who the fuck am I to be the scout like? I think I think it's funny though, Ryan. The last couple of years, I pay attention real close because there's so many people that they live for this all year because the Kings suck. It's like they they've banked their entire takes. If they're blog people, they've banked their blogs on mock drafting and scouting because that's really where the Kings. That's like the Kings, like Super Bowl, I guess, or whatever you call it. It's fucking they get excited for that shit, right? And so it's funny though because I pay attention in the last couple of years. Everybody's wrong all the time. I noticed that now it's harder. It's, it's harder to get it wrong at four because as you know, there's, it's a little bit more clear cut, but the last couple of years, everybody's been wrong. You know, it was, and, and some of the guys out there, Ryan, like Aaron Nesmith, everybody wanted Aaron Nesmith over Halliburton, everybody. And it's like, that guy's not even playing right now, you know? And I don't forget that type of stuff. So that's what I said. When it comes to the draft and it comes to all this, I like it. I like to, I like to bring up the takes and, I could see why everyone gets so super hyped, you know, on the on the potential. And that's what gets the signs like, oh, maybe. OK, I get it. OK, you get the guy and he actually looks like the highlights. That'd be tight. But, you know, every every player's got a highlight package. Right, Ryan. They all got. I know motherfuckers who didn't even play in the NBA. that got highlight packages that look nice. Right. I see. I'm just I'm just saying, man, you know, I always bring this guy up. Obi Toppin. <laughs> you, always right. shit. you do always just shit I on always, Obi Toppin. I do because people hyped him up, dude. He was so freaking hyped, right? He was drafted number eight overall. Hey, guys, right? People saw him dunking hella hard at Dayton. Guess what? There's a reason he played hella years at Dayton, right? There's a reason he's at Dayton. Okay, like th- that's the stuff I'm talking about. I just go off of, you know, okay. You know, those big time programs who have consistently put out pro talent, right? There's not a lot of guys like Steph Curry from Davidson. You know, there's not very many guys from Butler, Gordon Hayward. You know what I mean? Like that's, I am just, I, I go off of what the numbers say. And, you know, the past has told us when you're a, a higher player in your, in your draft class that played at a big power five school, odds are you, you, you have less of a bus rate than Joe Schmo from wherever. So, yeah, it's just, but I think our takes though, which is under, understandably so, if you're kind of listening to us, 
our takes are, are on that conservative side, right? They're on that like safe, safe bet side. And that's where we're leaning. I guess that's what happens, Ryan, when you've been scarred by your team for so long. I think it's, you know, if any of these people out there, like I'm, I'm not trying to be sulky, right? But if any of these people out there are making these takes where it's like, go be aggressive, I'm going to guess you're not that old. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be my my hypothesis. So, um, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening. In. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan, where we're pretty active. Um, if you want to support Kingscast, best way to do so is to slide down at the show on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review um, so we can get to more Kings fans just like you. And always check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the signature Sacramento Kings show on the network. So with that, poor Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.